0: Welcome back, Gator Nation, and this is the Orange and Blue Weekly Review, and I have not lived up to that name, my faithful listeners. There was no weekly review last week, and this is not the Orange and Blue Bi-Weekly Review, so I apologize sincerely, Gator Nation. I actually was sick there for a little bit. I was extremely busy, and we played an underwhelming game against an underwhelming opponent, but I don't want to make any excuses, guys. This is the Orange and Blue Weekly Review. I'm going to strive to make a weekly episode from here on out. But the more importantly, we are back. We are back at the Orange and Blue Weekly Review, and we are better than ever. And we're going to get straight into this week's review. The date, October 5th, 2019, and the setting, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium, The Swamp, Gainesville, Florida, and the time. p.m. 3.30 p.m. In the sweltering heat of the Florida sun. And the situation? The 10th ranked Florida Gators taking on the 7th ranked Auburn Tigers in a battle of two top 10 teams. The SEC West versus the SEC East. A battle of two undefeated teams. And the Florida Gators prevail in this one. 24-13. In front of an electric crowd, an amazing crowd, 90,584 fans screaming their heads off. They made the swamp what it's supposed to be. It was an electric atmosphere, a game in which Auburn was favored to win. They were favored by two and a half points to come into Gainesville, our house, and come away with a victory not so fast. A huge win for the Florida Gators, a huge win for this fan base, a huge win for Dan Mullen, and just a huge win for our school, our program in general. We have won 10 games in a row dating back to last season, guys. 10 games in a row. And Dan Mullen, he is proving himself to be 100% the guy that needs to be at the reins. In Gainesville. He's 100% that dude. And if you do not believe that. Then you do not belong. Being in the Gator Nation. Just go find something else to do. Because you are crazy. If you doubt Dan Mullen at this point. You are crazy. This is exactly what the Florida Gators needed. After a decade of horrible football. Horrible coaching. Black clouds. Embarrassment. You name it. Not only have we hit a home run. We have hit a grand slam in this coaching hire. Just go ahead and back up the Brinks truck. Back up the armored truck. Just fill it with as much money as you can and back it up straight into the Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. Open up those double doors and just start throwing cash at this guy. Just pay this man. We finally have found our guy. Let's keep him in Gainesville for as long as possible. If we can get back to an elite recruiting level, which... I will admit, we're not there yet. But if we can get back to an elite recruiting level, we can be back in the hunt for national championships every single year for the foreseeable future. That's what this guy, Dan Mullen, brings to the table. But let's get back to this game. What a huge moment for the Florida Gators, guys. I cannot overstate this. We have College Game Day back in Gainesville for the first time since 2012. When college game day came here to watch the Florida Gators beat down the South Carolina Gamecocks, and this was a tale of two elite defenses. I apologize. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I'm going to hop on the negative train right now because this was an ugly game. I'm going to get the negative out of the way, and I'm going to get onto the positive, but I can't leave out the negatives because this was an ugly game. And this is Ryan Kovaleski, the host of the Orange and Blue Weekly Review. And if you guys don't know this by now, I'm going to give it to you straight. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. If someone needs to be held accountable, I'm going to be the person to hold them accountable. And the the defenses absolutely took over in this one, guys. There was five combined turnovers in the first half alone. Five combined turnovers. Florida fumbled on four straight possessions in the first half. We fumbled on four straight possessions. We fumbled three times in the first quarter alone. That is absolutely embarrassing. That's absolutely ridiculous. If you want to attribute that to great defense or if you want to attribute that to horrific offense, Whatever you want to do, whatever you want to attribute that to. But elite teams do not make these kinds of mistakes, guys. And in my opinion, the blame can be mostly attributed to the offensive line. I know I get on these guys week in and week out. And I know it sounds like I'm beating a dead horse, guys. But I have to call it like I see it. This offensive line, I mean, valiant effort against a very great defensive front, but they dropped the ball again, guys. This is such a glaring weakness on a very good football team. Kyle Trask, you can argue that he has to improve on his pocket awareness. I would agree with you, but he's going to need more than a millisecond to get rid of that ball. I don't care if you put Tom Brady under center, I don't care if you put Aaron Rodgers under center. If he says hike and then one millisecond letter later, he has a 300-pound defensive lineman bearing down on him. You can't ask him to make well-executed decisions. You can't ask him to not make mistakes in those kind of situations. He's going to need one more... He's going to need more than one millisecond. That, that, that's not acceptable, guys. And I'm just going to go ahead and say right now, number 72, Stoney Force, left tackle. This guy got destroyed. He got destroyed all game long. I, I know he tried his hardest. He's a big man. He's a huge man. But he got his lunch eaten last Saturday guys he got his lunch money taken away he got bullied he got smacked in the mouth he was getting embarrassed on national TV guys and I'm gonna say this this was probably the best defensive line in the entire country absolutely elite take nothing away from them Derek Brown he was a freak of nature he was an animal he destroyed our offensive line four tackles a sack a forced fumble Two fumble recoveries. And those stats don't even do it justice. He was wreaking havoc all day long. And like I said, the Florida Gators, valiant effort on the offensive line. I know without them, we would not have won this game. But they got whipped again, guys. Whipped for the fifth time in six games. Five times in the six games that we have played this season. Including last week. I didn't get a chance to review last week's victory against Towson. That was probably the ugliest 38-0 game in the history of 38-0 games. We had absolutely no push on the offensive line. No push on the offensive line against an FCS opponent. That's horrible. I mean, those guys are giving up 50 to 100 pounds. They're giving up so much talent. We should be able to pick them up and move them out of the way and completely assert our dominance. And we were not able to do that. That game, it was 38 to nothing, but it was embarrassing. It was not a great showing, especially for this offensive line. The only team that this offensive line looked completely competent against was UT Martin. But let's get back to this game, guys. The Gators, they got it done. Kyle Trask. Minus the fumbles, he was very solid. He fumbled the ball three times. Some of that was due to the offensive line. But he was very solid, guys. 19 of 31 for 234 yards, two touchdowns. Of course, those three fumbles. But Kyle Trask, he's proving to be lethally accurate. Just pinpoint accuracy from this guy. And apparently, this just in, he's not even a human. He's like Deadpool. He's like Wolverine or some shit. This kid got his knee bent laterally by a 300-pound man. I'm talking about his knee was bent in a way that it was not intended to bend. And not only is he not out for the season, guys, not only is he not out for an extended period of time, not only was he not out the rest of this game. He wasn't even out for 10 minutes. Nine minutes, guys. He missed nine minutes total. He's an absolute legend. He's an absolute warrior. He's an inspiration. And I'm going to go ahead and say this. Our passing game right now is more stable and it's more consistent with Kyle Trask under center. It's better with Kyle Trask than it was with Felipe. Maybe not better. Well, you can argue. Better, worse. Maybe Felipe Franks was a little bit more electric. He had a stronger arm. But at very least, our passing game has been more consistent and has been more stable with Kyle Trask. But these three fumbles, guys. That's five turnovers in three games. Turnovers are plaguing this team, guys. Guys. And it's completely unfortunate because as good as we have been, and we are 6-0, we are undefeated. We are the number 7 team in this country after that victory. We could be so much better if this team would just stop turning over the ball. This is not going to work against LSU. This is not going to work against Georgia. But overall, great victory. I don't want to be negative. I don't want to take away from the fact that this was a great victory victory for these Florida Gators, Freddie Swain, he was incredible. He was an absolute stud. Six catches, 146 yards and a touchdown. Career day from him. Kyle Pitts, this guy's unstoppable. He's unstoppable again. Eight catches for him. This guy, he's a matchup problem. You can't contain him. He's going to get his yards. He's going to be playing football on Sundays for many years to come. This is a special talent, Kyle Pitts. This Kyle on Kyle connection that we have right now, it absolutely works. LaMichael Pirine. And this is a pretty cool story, guys. This kid is from Theodore, Alabama, which is pretty close to Auburn. And he was not offered a scholarship by Auburn. He probably would have played for the Auburn Tigers But he was not offered a scholarship, and their explanation was because he was too slow. But guess what? LaMichael Pirine, a captain of this Florida Gator team, has a career day against these same Auburn Tigers who rejected him. 130 yards rushing and a touchdown. Most of which came on the nail of the coffin, 88-yard touchdown run that he had. The longest touchdown run by a Gator since Emmett Smith in 1988. And he proved to be definitely fast enough because he outran the entire Auburn defense. So if those guys are fast enough to play for Auburn, what does that say about LaMichael Pirine? He left those guys in the dust. I thought Emory Jones looked good. He filled in for the entire 9 minutes that Kyle Trask was somehow rehealing his completely destroyed knee in the locker room and Emory Jones comes in and he goes 5 of 7, mostly short passes, but he adds 13 yards rushing. He got us down the field. We put some points on the board. I thought Emory Jones filled in very nice, especially for a backup quarterback who did not prepare to start this game. The play calling, eh, that was just okay. I know I raved about Dan Mullen, but this was not his best coaching performance. That fake punt, that was terrible. That was boneheaded. That was stupid. And that resulted in Auburn's only touchdown of this game. Our defense was dominating at that point. There's no need to go for that fake punt. In that situation, when we have the lead, it's only the second quarter, we're on the wrong side of the 50, the defense is just destroying the Auburn Tiger offense. There's no need to be that aggressive. Coach Dan Mullen needs to learn to take about 10 to 15% off there and just just play to the game's situation. Don't be so scripted. I like your aggressiveness, but that was a very boneheaded play, and that could have cost us that game. Our defense, ladies and gentlemen, our defense absolutely balled out. There is not one negative thing that I can say about our defense. Three interceptions, a fumble recovery, four sacks. We held Auburn who just scored 56 points against a very solid Mississippi State team last week. They scored 56 in their house, and we held them to 13 measly points. The Auburn Tigers have the best resume in the entire country. I'm going to throw that out there. They've knocked off the number 11 Oregon Ducks. They knocked off the number 17 Texas A&M Aggies in College Station. And that is not a very easy environment to go into and come away with a victory. They knocked off a very solid 3-1 Mississippi State team. Well, they were 3-1 at the time that Auburn played them. And they put 56 points on that team who had been playing pretty good defense up until that point. You go ahead and name a team with a better resume than the Auburn Tigers at this point in the season, and... It, it, well, you can't. It, it's not possible. You can't do it. Leave a comment. and Send me a message. Give me somebody who's played a better resume than the Auburn Tigers. You can't do it, so you won't do it. And this Florida Gator defense, we took them to the woodshed. The usual suspects for this Florida Gator defense balled out again. These guys just keep bawling out. It's the same guys over and over, they're absolute studs. David Reese, all over the field, an absolute savage. Thirteen tackles. Jonathan Grenard, this guy's not even human. He's just completely unstoppable. He was his normal unstoppable self. Six tackles, three quarterback hurries. Those stats don't even do it justice. He was all over the field. He was involved in everything. He was hitting everything that was moving. This guy's an absolute leader, he's an absolute stud, he's a field general, he is a beast. Sean Davis, what an incredible one-handed interception. He picks it off, and then he returns it 41 yards, showing off those ball skills. This guy's turning into an absolute stud. He's having a ginormous year. In a year where the opportunity was basically gifted to him due to a suspension, he has showed up, guys. He is just beast mode right now. And another thing that I love about him, he's a big hitter in the run game. He's a big-time contributor in run support, and that's something that this defense has struggled with tackling. Sean Davis will get in there, and he will tackle somebody. Just solid all-around play from Sean Davis this defense limited Auburn to two out of 14 third-down conversions. Two out of 14. Their quarterback, Nix, he was just 11 of 27 for 145 yards and a touchdown with three interceptions. Just a huge, defining, polarizing victory by the boys in orange and blue, defeating a great team on national television, representing so well, so hard, with a great crowd for college game day, showing ESPN, showing the nation how strong this fan base is, how strong this team is. This was just a great day to be a Florida Gator fan. Just a great day to be a fan of the boys in orange and blue. And that's basically this week's review, guys. I'm going to get into next week. (sighs) Next week's game. Oh, man, this one's tough to talk about, guys. Next Saturday, 8 o'clock p.m. This schedule does not get any easier. 8 o'clock p.m. in Baton Rouge, Death Valley, which is notoriously tough in night games. I don't know if it's voodoo If it's Creole, some black magic shit that they have going on in Louisiana, but a night game in Death Valley, in Baton Rouge, it's as tough as it gets, guys. And LSU looks absolutely unstoppable right now. They look incredible, especially on offense. For a team that has always been great on defense and their offense has just never caught up, to that incredible play that the defense has always supplied. Their offense has finally caught up. Not only caught up, probably has surpassed their defense. And I hate this team with a passion. So it pains me to talk good about the LSU Tigers. But I'm going to give it to you straight, guys. I always have and I always will. I have to give credit where credit is due. LSU looks incredible that offense looks unstoppable right now i will say though they really have not been tested they've only been tested one time they've played four cupcake games and they won a very very tough and very impressive game on the road against texas that's a big time win That's a big time win, but the other four victories, I mean, they've been impressive, but they've been against cupcakes. And one thing that we can expect next Saturday is a massive crowd, an insane environment. This is Tiger Stadium. This is Death Valley. That place holds over 100,000 people, 102,000 people max capacity. And you can bet your ass that it's going to be sold out. And they have had our number lately, guys. They have won six out of the last nine meetings against the Florida Gators. There's no sugarcoating this one. This is going to be an insanely hard game for the Florida Gators. The Gators have not played a quarterback like Joe Burrows, the starting quarterback for the LSU Tigers, yet this season. He is a Heisman hopeful at this point. He has the number one completion percentage in the entire country. He has the number three passing touchdown amount in the entire country. He's number two in yards per game. This guy's lighting it up. He's a top one, top two quarterback in this entire country. He's absolutely on fire. I know he's done this against mostly overmatched teams, but he's putting up video game numbers. These numbers just don't even seem right, especially for an LSU offense who's never had their shit together, but they finally have their shit together, and they really look unstoppable. And I know that we just beat Auburn, a game that we were actually picked to lose. But that was against a freshman quarterback, guys. And Auburn has a good def or good offense. Auburn has a good offense. They're ranked 36th in the entire country. But this LSU team, they have a senior quarterback and they're the third ranked offense in the entire country. So we're going from playing a freshman quarterback with the 36th ranked offense to a senior quarterback with the third ranked offense I know that LSU does not have the defense that Auburn has they have a respectable defense but Auburn's defense is elite but their offense in LSU is so much better than Auburn and Florida Gators we're coming off a hard-fought emotional victory but we're gonna go ahead and have to lick our wounds very quickly we're gonna have to heal up we're gonna have to turn right around Make that trip to Louisiana and we're going to have to be ready to play another major game, another prime time game, another top 10 game. And this is basically the hardest game of the schedule. You can debate whether if this is the hardest or the second hardest game on our schedule. I'm going to go ahead and say that this is the hardest game in our schedule. I personally believe that this game is going to be harder than the game against the Georgia Bulldogs. I know the Georgia Bulldogs are an outstanding team, but I think this is our hardest game, especially because it's in Death Valley, and it's at 8 o'clock p.m., and it's after we just played the Auburn Tigers, the number 7th ranked team in the entire country. And how healthy is Kyle Trask? I know we said that he's a superhero, that he's Wolverine, that he's Deadpool. But, guys, maybe he was just running on pure adrenaline. Maybe that's why he did not feel the significant, the significance of that injury to his knee. Maybe he was just running on pure adrenaline. Is he going to be hobbled out there? Is he going to be limited? Is he going to be hopping around? I guess we're going to have to find out this Saturday, guys. We have to hope that it was just a quick sprain and that he can get right back immediately because we're going to need him we're going to need some of that running game that's been completely non existent this year. Hopefully, maybe somehow, some way, this offensive line can pull it together, establish a running game to take some of that pressure off of Kyle Trask or Emery Jones or whoever's back in the backfield. All I know is we are not going to be able to escape <laughs> Baton Rouge. With four turnovers, we're not going to be able to continue to turn the ball over at this rate. We have to clean that up. I know our defense is going to be 100% the toughest that LSU has seen this entire year. The Gators, guys, we're ranked number one in the entire country in takeaways, and we're ranked number one in the entire country in interceptions. We are DBU. We lead both of those categories out of every single team in the entire country. And we are six and O, guys. We are six and O, Gator Nation. Six and O. I I cannot wait for this game, Gator Nation. This is another chance to prove to the country who we are. Six and O for the first time since 2012. And that was the Jeff Driscoll and Will Muschamp era. Very bad memories there, guys. I almost don't even want to think about that. But this is 2019. We are 6-0. Please tune in next week, guys. Hopefully, we're going to be talking about another Florida Gator victory. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast. Again, I apologize for not doing an episode last week. If you guys have not subscribed to this podcast yet, please do so. I'm going to be reviewing every single game. I'm going to be recapping everything every single game from here on out, so please subscribe, please leave a like, leave a comment, tell me what I'm doing right, tell me what I'm doing wrong, this is the Orange and Blue Weekly Review, and I'm your host, Ryan Kovaleski, I am out, go Gators!